welcome. It is eight minutes after the hour, and Larry Whelan is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And this is my favorite part of Gary on Guns. It is uh, where we always, uh, at the top of the second hour, start talking about some guns that you can <laughs> buy. I'm going to go right to, my, to the one that has me sort of salivating. Uh, and that is, because we already talked about a 5.7 mm-hmm. from Caltech. You've got an FN 5.7. We do. And I, that's a hell of a price. Well, we got a good price on this one. This is a very clean used gun. Um, we took in uh, a number of guns out of a, uh, out of a collection um, a couple weeks back. And this was one of them. The, uh, the guns certainly, uh, I, I believe it's been shot, but it's super low miles. And, uh, you know, the FN 5.7 is, is uh, it's, it's one of my favorite pistols. It weighs 19 ounces when it's fully loaded with 20 rounds of ammunition. So it's very, very light. Now, they are not small guns. It's a full-size, five-inch barrel, um, duty-size uh, service, service pistol. Um, but with 20 rounds of capacity, adjustable sights, manual safety, a very nice uh, single-action trigger, ergonomic as all get out. Uh, one of the things that uh, people notice right off the bat is the safety is is not thumb operated it's not stuck at the the back of the frame below the rear sight it's actually below the ejection port it's right above the trigger on the 57 and um a, a unique placement that FN chose but once you um do a couple drills with this where the the trigger finger indexed along the frame rail sits right on top of that safety control lever so the the trigger finger simply sweeps down turns the safety off into the trigger guard can squeeze that trigger come out of the trigger guard and you can re-engage that safety very very easily it's extremely intuitive um you know i i encourage customers that pick one of these up to go to the range and just do a very simple drill uh, load the gun you know on a, on a good safe range and uh, take a sight picture finger on the on the selector on the on the safety selector sweep down fire the shot reach up turn the safety back on do that through a couple of magazines 20 to 40 shots and it becomes very very intuitive these guns are fantastically flat shooting um the 27 grain bullet only drops one inch at 100 yards so regardless of um target distance my sight picture remains the same um a very effective round i have personally killed three missouri whitetail deer with the 5.7 handgun it's uh it's a very effective round. I, I use it as a, as a carry gun quite often in the store. Um, I, I love these little pistols. I do, too. Uh, now, notoriously, when they first came out, the triggers were they had a really long stage. Uh, and I know a couple of friends of mine that had them, and they had the triggers reworked. But I understand that now the triggers are much better. Yeah. Um, it still has, uh, it is single action. It still has uh, some, uh, some initial take-up. But a very crisp wall and uh, easy to shoot well. They're they're solid performers. Yeah, and at that price, I mean, if you go out and buy one of these things new, uh, you might want to mortgage the car and the house. <laughs> and we do have uh, up to four boxes of ammo that the uh, purchaser of this gun has has an option to buy. No, four uh, boxes. Yeah, so that's uh, you know two hundred rounds of a uh, five seven ammo, and I believe they're thirty five dollars a box. Like I say, that's with with purchase of the of the handgun. I will have five seven ammo available again on the shelf at some point in the future. We unfortunately are not able to get a large enough supply to offer it today, but uh, we do have four boxes that we can sell with the purchase of the firearm. So now you got this thing listed at only a thousand fifty. Yeah. 
Uh, you and I have been friends for a long time. What's what's the uh, the Gary discount? Uh, probably twelve seventy five. Twelve twelve ninety nine, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like such a good deal for oh, me. Yeah, don't mention Gary's name when you come in, please. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you the Gary price right off yeah, the bat. Raise the price, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently, just, just yeah, a couple, a couple hundred, hundred extra bucks. Yeah, you know, uh, he's a celebrity; he can well, afford it. What if I just send my wife in to buy it? Oh, Gwen, we make Gwen a great deal on this gun. Yeah, that's what I just thought. happy to see Gwen. Yeah, just happy. <laughs> <laughs> Just park in the lot and send her in, right? <laughs> Thank you very much. Is that a straw purchase? What are you suggesting here? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. I, I would let her keep it. Okay, good. Gwen uh, needs a well, I might, I might borrow she, it. She might let you borrow it. Yeah. yeah if, or to load the magazines. You know, <laughs> I just bought her a firearm a, a couple of months ago. Uh, I, I would think that, um, you know, she would do this for Well, me. if you get a couple more for her, she could, you know, do one maybe for you next year. Oh, you're... You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. Gwen. But that 5-7 round is a really neat round. It's very, uh, very fast. It's it's a very light bullet, but uh, the um, the lethality becomes it comes from its energy transfer um, because of its velocity. It's it's very, very effective round. Yeah, that is neat. I am drooling over this. Um, American Express? Do you take American Express? Mm, boy, we do, but man, their fees are crazy. But yeah, I'll, I'll take your Amex card. <laughs> Their fees are crazy. They have the uh, most expensive card we take. Yeah, they is they, it really? Oh yeah, they they charge the the retailer quite a bit of money to use the Amex. Do you have any problem with uh, credit card companies not wanting to do business with a firearms retailer? Um, in the past, I have been fired from one uh, card processor that we were using. Um, they they made a um, you know a, a boardroom decision to. Um, to no longer do business with with firearms companies, and we were, um, you know, effectively fired. They gave us sixty days to find a new processor, um, but haven't had any any troubles. We've gotten a couple of uh, the industry kind of responded. Um, there were a few uh, few places where uh, this was back to Operation Choke Point during the uh, uh, Obama. Obama administration, um, where they were leveraging forcing financial institutions to um, limit the, the ability, ability availability of banking to firearms industry and um, that that caused us to lose one one card processor that fired us uh, but the industry has responded with a number of very firearms friendly uh, banking options um, that um, we currently are you know affiliated with so that makes uh, you know the credit card processing very easy for us is there a bank that is particularly good um, in your industry, I, I I don't borrow money, so I don't really care. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not. I don't I don't need to go the, to them with hat in hand and go. May I please have operating capital? Um, I, I I just run my business differently than that. So uh, I I don't I don't know which banks are are friendly. But in, I mean, with regard to credit card accepting, it's it's not one bank or anything. It's, it's um, yeah, like I say, we use an industry affiliate um, through the National Shooting Sports Federation. They had a list of uh, of <clears throat> credit card vendors that would um, that, you know that would assure that they would do business with firearms industry. So that's uh, where we made our selection from. Great. All right. Listen. In addition to that firearm, you brought in a couple of more and a topic to discuss, and we'll do all of that in just a few minutes with Larry Whalen from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. I'm Gary on guns. And it is 20 minutes after the hour. Larry Whalen in with me on Modern Arms. At the uh, Brown Station location. Yeah. And uh, you brought it. We're going to talk about a couple more firearms and in a, a topic of uh, interest. Uh, we'll kick it off with the uh, Ruger 22 LR. Yeah. So Ruger um, years ago released the LCP 
um, little 380 pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, they updated that with the LCP2, uh, again, in, in 380. <clears throat> and then last year, they released the LCP2 in 22 long rifle. So we've got a 10-round magazine capacity, a manual safety, uh, a trigger, uh, articulated trigger, trigger safety, uh, and a great little, fun, easy-to-carry 22 long rifle handgun that is the size of that 380 LCP and um, the capacity of 10 rounds of 22 long rifle. Not my first choice for defensive handgun, but um, a very effective tool. Um, 22 is, um, uh, you know, certainly not uh, not something you want to get shot with. It's uh, it's a very effective. Don't get uh, shot with anything. Yeah, so. a very effective uh, killer. Just not a very good stopper. It doesn't bring the foot pounds of energy that some of the centerfire rifle, uh, centerfire handguns bring. But um, for those places where you can't carry a larger gun, um, yeah, I I I love this little thing. It's uh, it's a good little um, reliable semi-automatic. Great little range uh, range pistol, or you know, um, a good uh, um, low low risk assessment or low risk uh, environment uh, defensive carry piece if I needed one. This is the kind of firearm that I like when I'm wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want the bulge uh, that that uh, that may sh- uh, be seen. This thing you can put a, a pocket holster and slip it right in your pants pocket. Um, it's just a terrific little firearm for concealed carry. It's a very handy size. I've had I've sold a few of these as uh, as range trainers for people that, that carry the 380 routinely, and they just wanted something that was more uh, cost effective to shoot, uh, cheaper to shoot, and uh, you know gives them the same fire control, uh, same uh, same ergonomics as their their 380 version. Uh, so it certainly would be a valuable tool that way. Also, good little good little guns, Ruger, um, you know Ruger quality. They uh, they just always work. Uh, Ruger's are great guns. They've got great uh, great customer support, and um, not that you need a lot of support on a Ruger, but the, it's there if you needed it. A wide range of accessories available for the Ruger's, and this one comes with a uh, a Hogue uh, rubberized grip panel, uh, grip sleeve that slides onto it that actually. Uh, makes the gun a little bit larger in circumference so it fits in the hand a little better uh, the 380s got so small that um, they were a little knifey across the palm of the hand and these uh, Hoke, this one includes the hoke grip uh, from the factory so a very comfortable gun to shoot speaking of 22 how are we doing on that uh, that uh, that round oh that man still- oh man pick a better topic gary um <laughs> we're, we we are going to be back in stock on that eventually um it's still a tough get we're getting small shipments but uh like i say we're 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 getting to we're i think we're going to be around in the corner on ammo uh certainly uh in this coming quarter uh we should see uh, much more ammo available on the shelves at many more many more locations yeah i do know that uh the demand continues to be exceedingly strong uh i keep reading these industry reports and and i and i keep thinking well it's gonna it's gonna slack off it's and and i, I guess to a to a small extent it has uh but but it's still well unusually... and you know not just not just the firearms industry you know you see it across the board all every industry has been affected by the by the covid shutdowns and uh increased demand in different segments and uh you know it's just going to take a while for this to get back into balance we'll, we'll get there just be patient folks 
Um, all right, so you you also have uh, this is really slick. I love these. I don't even know why I love them. I just do. Well, it's it's so it's just an American classic. So the the other gun we brought in is a uh, a Smith and Wesson Model Twenty Nine Two. So uh, this revolver is chambered in uh, forty four Magnum, and um, it was uh, manufactured in nineteen seventy seven. It is almost in time capsule condition. It certainly has been shot. Uh, but it is very, very clean, used gun. Um, we don't see them in this condition very often. We do get the um, the Smith & Wesson uh, presentation case with it, uh, the manuals, the, the cleaning rod, all the kit and caboodle that came with this gun, brand new in 1977. We still have, <clears throat> and uh, it's in great shape. Um, you know, the, the, the 44 Magnum was the most powerful handgun um, in, uh, it, you know, on its inter- introduction. Um, the character uh, Callahan uh, yes. from Dirty Harry. That's where um, I was going. And made this uh, a, a TV, uh, a movie icon, um, the most powerful handgun in the world. Um, but it's uh, it's available. Uh, we've got one of them. Uh, like I say, it's a, a good, clean, used gun. We don't see them in this condition very often. And um, make a um, some collector very, very happy. Or if you just wanted to buy it and shoot it, that's not wrong either. Because it's Smith & Wesson quality and it's built to be used. In his hand, that gun looked huge. Uh, that gun is huge, Gary. Yeah. yeah, I know. But in his hands, it looked even... I mean, it just looked... It was impressive. It yeah, really like was. like looking down an oil drum. You know, yeah. when you look at the muzzle, it's like, my gosh, that thing's huge. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. that is... That is nice. All right. So that's uh, that's up for sale at Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Yes, indeed. And, man, that is, and that is clean. I mean, that looks... Oh, the, the bluing's in great shape. Um, even, the, you know, the cylinder has a very, very slight turn mark that you can see. Um, and that's, uh, you know, just kind of a, a very first indicator of, of wear on a, on a revolver is that, that turn line around the cylinder. Uh, there is one, but it is very, really very light. Faint. Yeah. Really light. Uh, all right, so that's available at Modern Arms. At the Brown go. Station location. Uh, somebody wants to talk to me, Larry. Would you, you know? Um, yeah, I guess we can. So actually, it's, can. it's for Larry. Oh, oh, okay, good. Oh, all right. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary and Guns. Yeah, I'd like to talk to Larry, please. Yeah. All I right, know. Mike, how can we help? <laughs> hey, man, I'm really enjoying that Mossberg M500 I got from you a few weeks ago. How long did that hang on the wall before I snatched it out of oh, there? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you made it in time because it wasn't going to be there long. Yeah, it hadn't, uh, you know, the, the sticker hadn't quite dried on the price label, I don't think, on that one. Oh, that's a fun little gun for close-in action. How you doing on ammo for that 12-gauge up there? Um, we do have defensive ammunition. I've got um, some slugs and some buckshot. Um, we're still waiting on delivery of uh, field loads. Uh, that's been kind of our, our slowest segment to come back is the 12-gauge the, the field load for shooting trap and skeet or small game. Uh, we're still waiting on those allocations to come in, but we do have defensive 12-gauge available today. So come see us. I will do that, and thanks a lot for the gun and taking my call, Gary. All right, Mike, thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Yeah, I always let them in if they want to talk to me, Gary. It, well, it so, so rarely happens. <laughs> I, you know, every time I think about, you know, shotguns, I think about you and I going out on that, uh, uh, that charity shoot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that uh, I managed to get every one of those pigeons to break. Yeah, when it hit the ground. Yeah, they, they <laughs> shattered. Um, I, I thought that was... Uh, had... I think you did shoot one of them out of the air, though, didn't you? Did I? It must have been an accident. One out of a hundred. That was an accidental like that, discharge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
No one's perfect. It's an <laughs> it's an acquired skill, and uh, you you know we could we could get you hooked up with a good trainer and teach you to shoot uh, shoot those flying targets if you wanted to. Yeah, um, it it it's it, it's fun. I just hadn't done it in years. I mean, and actually, I never it showed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Can you call up somebody from Graphs for this uh, great, segment next time? You're a great radio host. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just taking a beating here. 874 <laughs> uh, we'll move. We'll move along with Alacrity here. 874 uh, You came to the table uh, with a couple of uh, stories. Usually you bring in the firearms. We talk about that. But this is important, uh, and you brought it to the table. Uh, ATF uh, 2021-R08, a uh, notice of proposed rulemaker. Yeah, uh, so um, because um, ATF, our regulatory body for the firearms world, um, yeah, is getting pressured um, to, to redefine what a firearm is, redefine what a frame is, and it's in response to the... Um, the homemade or home manufactured firearms the the polymer 80 is probably the the one that that people would recognize the most <clears throat> where it's a, it's a legal process you can buy um a a frame that has yet to make it past 80 percent of the millwork required to become a firearm and you can finish that out yourself as a hobbyist in your in your shop and garage you can create your own firearm um, ATF um, seems to want to clamp down on that. So they have a proposed rule. Uh, 2021R08 um, is the one on the frames. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So they their, uh, their sunset for comment on that is coming up very, very quickly. Um, but they have an open comment. You can go to the website at atf.gov and just you know Google proposed rule. Uh, on ATF, and it will take you to uh, two different um, two different proposed rulemakings. But the one on the frame and the receiver definition, it's going to be pretty onerous. Um, you know, if somebody had already created um, their own handgun or, or rifle through that through that manufacturing process, it's going to require that to be engraved with a specific serial number by a gunsmith and then recorded um, by that gunsmith into his records. All right, so hold on. It's, hold it's, on, hold it's on. a record-keeping grab. Hold on. We'll, we'll go over uh, 2021 R05 and 08 in greater detail in just a moment with Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. On Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. It's uh, 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us, Larry Whalen, on board from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Where if you go in and mention my name, they will crank the price up by 100 bucks. <laughs> so go in and say you, you don't Special know Special treatment for yeah. the celebrities, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... In addition to the firearms, you brought in a couple of stories that are important to you. Uh, one of them is 2021 R05, and that is uh, an ATF. Uh, they're requesting comments on this, and this apparently has to do with um, frame and receiver identification of firearms. You can go out and buy an 80 percenter, and you you got to be able to finish the rest of it yourself. You machine it. It's not even a gun. It's used, It's a paperweight. Until or unless you finish putting it together, what do they want to do to that? Um, they want to <clears throat> they want to uh, register and regulate that as if it was a firearm already. 
So, you know, I don't know how far back in the manufacturing process, you know, is it a 50%? Is it a a 35% of the work that's done before it gets serialized? But they want to accelerate the point at which that serialization is required by the manufacturer. Um, And those people that have already built one, they want to require that to be serialized by a gunsmith. Those numbers recorded. And, um, you know, it's a big, uh, it's a, it's a, a big uh, backdoor registration, basically. Um, so the ATF, um, because it is a bureaucratic entity that's, that's creating new law through regulation, um, they have to open it up for public comment. At their website, you can go to atf.gov rulemaking and you can submit your comments. Submit those comments. Please tell them we, we have plenty of laws. We need to focus on criminals and criminal activity and enforcing our existing laws before we make new laws. And I, you know, I encourage people to keep their comments certainly professional and, um, and, and courteous, but let ATF know that <clears throat> we don't need more laws. We don't need to affect a change on this. There's not been a, a huge scourge of, of criminal activity perpetrated with guns that were uh, created this way. It, it's far too much trouble for a criminal entity to go through the process of manufacturing their own guns. Um, you know, it, it's a fun pursuit. I've, I've built one myself. I enjoyed it. It was a, a it was a tinkerer's hobby, you know, project over the weekend, and, and I enjoyed doing it. Um, and I, I don't think that <clears throat> we need additional laws, and we certainly don't need laws written by bureaucrats by redefining words to you know, expand their authority. If we're going to have laws, let's have lawmakers that we vote for make new laws so that we can hold them accountable at the ballot box. But this gives us a a way to voice our concerns, share our comments, keep those comments professional, keep those comments courteous, but let them know that we don't need additional regulations or additional oversight authority granted to them because they decided it was a good idea. I mean, at what point do they say, you know, when? They never say say when. They never say we have enough authority. We don't need any more. You guys are fine. You're you're grown-ups, and you can, you know, play your own game. The government never does that. The government always wants more authority and more control. Yeah, well, at some point, you could have a chunk of metal sitting on your desk that you might accidentally carve into a a firearm, uh, and they'll want to have a number put on. I mean, it's just just foolish. It is. Uh, and um, and it doesn't it, it it doesn't affect existing criminal activity. It creates a new class of criminal, you know, it turns a law-abiding citizen into a criminal because they've changed the definition of things. But you know, they they don't need more authority. They don't need more control. They need to focus on enforcing the existing statutes. We've got plenty of laws. That's 2021R05, and we have a link at Gary on Guns, both at PolitiChatter and on Facebook. And the, the deadline for submission on that is um, coming up quick. It is August the, oh, I had it right here in front of me. August the 19th is the close of, of comment period on that one. So you've got to get out there to ATF.gov, and you can, you can submit it right online. You can, you can provide your comments right there at their website. You can write them a letter if you choose. You can send them a fax. All the instructions are at ATF's website as to how you can share your opinions on this. Please keep those professional and courteous, but let them know they do not need more authority over us. Yeah, so those, uh, those links are up there. Uh, ATF 2021 R08, Notice of Proposed Rulemaking Factoring Criteria for Firearms with Attached Stabilizing Braces. 
we have watched this vacillate. Oh my gosh, they've they've been they've been toying with this since the since they approved arm braces. They went back and went, oh well, maybe we shouldn't have approved this. But again, this is an ATF approved um, firearm that, that you purchased with a stabilizing brace on it. The, the manufacturers, when they create a new firearm like that, they have to send it to ATF. ATF has to evaluate it and go, yeah, you can sell that, or oh no, you can't sell that. ATF has approved these firearms with stabilizing braces to be sold, and now they want to make that reclassified as a short-barreled rifle because they want to redefine words and gain more control and, and have more registered firearms. Again, the, uh, the comment period on this one closes uh, September the 8th. There's a link. It's easy. Go to ATF.gov. Provide your professional courteous responses to them. Tell them we don't need more oversight on this. They have enough control already. They don't need more authority. Both of these rules uh, we've got linked uh, at Gary on Guns, uh, both uh, Politichatter and on Facebook. You know, the stabilizing brace, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the impetus behind this is for uh, people who have been injured, veterans who've lost uh, a hand, uh, who couldn't fire a firearm because they didn't, you know, didn't have a way of, of really holding it uh, securely. Right, and that—that's what—that's um, how they got it approved, and they're—they're they're very wise. The, the gun industry actually hired um, the driving forces behind that. Hired, if I understand correctly, some um, attorneys that helped with the Americans with Disabilities Act, and used some reasonable accommodation uh, accommodation term verbiage out of out of um, the Americans with Disabilities Act to get this approved by ATF. And now they want to put that back, you know, reclassify that as a National Firearms Act registered short-barreled rifle instead of just a handgun uh, requiring, you know, a $200 tax payment, fingerprinting and photograph application, and a lengthy approval process. Um, there's been between 3 and 5 million um, pistols sold with stabilizing braces since they were approved by ATF. So with the stroke of a pen... Uh, ATF could redefine that as a short-barreled rifle, and somebody who wasn't plugged into, oh, has they changed any laws today, and, and checking could have constructively uh, be a felon in possession of an illegal short-barreled rifle because ATF redefined that pistol to be an illegal short-barreled rifle. You know, and I'm sure this is pretty much at the behest uh, of the Democrats and, and the President in particular. And, during, and I don't want to do the weekday show here, but during the week, I was talking about a government so powerful that manufacturers have to submit to the vicissitudes of whoever is in, in, in the White House. Yeah. For instance, uh, when uh, Obama was in the White House, uh, they were saying, you, you know, you've got to have these energy-efficient dishwashers and shower heads that, you know, were water-restricting. Uh, you couldn't build the XL pipeline uh, you had to build cars that got 50 miles to the gallon. Then Trump comes in, and just a change of administration, and he says, you can have uh, faster, more powerful dishwashers. Uh, you should have a choice on, on the shower heads. You should, you know, it, 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 we should hold back on bump stocks. And I mean, all of this changes. And now, of course, Biden is back in, and he's rescinded all of those Trump things where he... 
It, it, every time a, a new administration comes in, this stuff changes. The government's got too much power. Too much power. And if you've got one of these uh, arm braces, they were legal, suddenly you're a criminal. If you didn't know it changed, you could well, get... Well, nothing's changed yet. We've still got time to comment on it. So right. hopefully we can get enough people to voice their proper opinion that this doesn't need to change. What a shame uh, that it, it really is that we run the country this way. Let me get to the phones here. <laughs> Gary is on the line. Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Yeah, hi, Gary. Uh, just a, a question, and it's probably a silly one, but on this uh, gun, putting a gun together, would that apply to muzzleloaders too? Um, I, I I haven't seen any verbiage that would take muzzleloaders into these current regulations, but um, having you know. Uh, Having not read it, looking for that, I would I would challenge you to go out there and reread it or read it and and see if it does. I was focused on the uh, on the uh, you know the polymer eighties, the the eighty percent lower AR receivers and the and the arm braces when I was reading it, but it, it could well uh, expand into into muzzleloaders. I I don't know, uh, okay. but. No, dig into fair. it because, again, even if it doesn't, and even if it doesn't affect the game you play with firearms, please go in and make a comment because it's it's uh, it's death through a thousand cuts. It's how they're going to take um, these rights away from us. It's it's not through a sweeping legislative action where they say we're going to uh, repeal the Second Amendment and you get senators and, and representatives to vote for that because. That would never stand. People would, would be outraged by that. But when we get bureaucracies to create new laws through just, you know, interpretational changes, that's where we lose our rights. So we've got to be proactive about this. Even if it's not your game, please comment. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Thank you. All right. Gary, thank you. You know, it, it reminds me that priest after World War II talking about Nazi Germany. Uh, you know, when they came after this group, yeah. it wasn't me, so I didn't bother. Uh, when they finally came after me, there was nobody left. Well, just because it's not your particular firearm, just because it's not your particular milieu, you should still be defending uh, the rights uh, of those others because eventually they're going to come for you. Yeah. Uh, like Larry said, they're going to nibble away a little bit at a time. Back to wrap it up. I'm Gary on Guns with Larry Wayland. At the Modern Arms Brown Station location. <laughs> you caught me sleeping. You got him that time. <laughs> oh, you God. win, you win. Uh, finally. On <laughs> uh, Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. It's 52 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. With Larry Wayland from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. You know, Brian, it's a lot easier... <laughs> When I just let him do all of his own introductions. <laughs> you know, I was doing half of it, but, you know, now I just have to say with. Well, <laughs> location, location, location. And there he goes. Uh, uh, listen, uh, before I forget, I want to congratulate Chuck Basie. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw him or not. He's, of course, a Second Amendment supporter and uh, a regular guest on Gary on Guns. He threw out the first pitch last night. Did you see that? at the For the Cardinals? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. That's awesome. And uh, it looked like he made it across the plate. You know, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd never be able to get that done. No, huh? Oh, no, well. no. Well, he I'm, glad he, I'm glad it worked, worked well for him. That yeah, would be it a, looked good. It looked good. He was, yeah, absolutely. All right, 52 minutes after the hour and uh, newly released survey. And, and the reason I bring this up, the NRA has this story up at their uh, ILA, the Institute for Legal Action. You know, these... Uh, 
doctors are all trying to uh, get involved in studies dealing with firearms and, uh, you know, they're all in favor of gun control. In fact, a lot of doctors will ask you, do you have a firearm in your home? Um, uh, God only knows why anybody would answer that honestly uh, or wouldn't just shut that down. But I've heard from listeners whose doctors have asked them if they have a firearm at home. Do you have guns in your home, doctor? Yeah, well... I mean, that's... Interesting. Why, why would you answer that? Yeah, I would not answer that. It's none of their damn business. But, well, you know, you know how much uh, authority and power the government recently got with a public health uh, emergency. What if they uh, talk about guns in public health emergency? Which is what their goal is. Huh. However, almost, almost like we see their playbook. Yeah, newly released. Uh, released. See, they it, released is not really a word. Don't. <laughs> Don't go out and use that I, and say, I, I heard that, it. I did that to my tennis shoes. I relaced them because yeah. the, the laces broke, so <laughs> yeah, thank don't, you. Don't, don't go out and use that and say, I heard it on Gary on Guns. Cause <laughs> it, newly released survey results show 42% of members of the American College of Surgeons have firearms in their households. And self-defense is the primary reason. The statistics generally align with the general population. Surgeons are, however three times more likely than the general population to keep their household firearms loaded and accessible. Uh, the American uh, uh, College of Surgeons has recommended, if not demanded, writes the NRA, that firearms owners be required to store their firearms in a prescribed manner. About a third, 32% of their members, who own firearms, store them unlocked and loaded in direct contradiction to their own association's recommended requirement. The irony, writes the NRA, doesn't end there. Another of their recommendation targets uh, high-capacity magazine-fed semi-automatic high-velocity firearms for reclassification as NFA items. That would require a $200 tax stamp and reg regulation, I'm sorry, registration uh, to, outright, or to outright ban civilian access to those firearms. Semi-automatic rifles are incredibly popular among Americans. Surgeons are no different. 32% of their members who own firearms own these rifles. Does the hypocrisy ever end? Not in the medical or uh, elected Political? official world, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, what was Cory Bush's quote again? Oh, suck it up. Suck, suck it up. up. Yeah, suck, suck it, it up. up. Yeah. <laughs> I've got private protection. I'll spend whatever I want on that. We're going to defund the police. Suck it up. Yeah, we don't care about you. <clears throat> wow. I've got my property. Who's running against her coming up? Security I mean, for me, not for thee. <laughs> you don't understand how important I am. Peon. Yeah. <clears throat> there is a uh, story about a reporter that went to a firearm, uh, to, a, to a shooting range, and uh, went out and, uh, and fired a gun. And apparently he is not a Second Amendment supporter. And he wrote... It is difficult to describe the impact, physical and personal, of that first shot. He was shooting an AR-15. It felt like a meteor had struck the earth in front of me. A deep <laughs> shockwave. Do you think this is War of the Worlds? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I apologize. Go ahead, you, go ahead Gary. Do you think it's War of the Worlds? The guy fired an AR-15. A deep shockwave coursed through my body. The recoil rippling through my arms and right shoulder with astounding power. Being that close to an explosion of such magnitude, <laughs> controlled and focused as it was, rattled me. 
This could be a novel. I composed myself and continued to fire round after concussive round. <laughs> the puffs of acrid gunpowder smoke. <laughs> oh, my God. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a tawdry novel. Doesn't it? <laughs> so he, he, he finishes up. I, I creative, will go... creative writing degree, oh, apparently. Yeah. Gee, Shakespeare should be so good. <laughs> he, he wraps it up. He says... It was exhilarating, but I never got comfortable firing it. I'm not sure what scared me more, the power of that weapon or the fact that I could have taken one home that day. <laughs> Good God, man. I know 10 and 12-year-old kids that can fire it without having all that nonsense. So Stupidity just never stops. You want any of those firearms we talked about earlier today? You head over to the Brown Station location. At Modern of Arms. Modern Arms. Larry, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out, get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Grandbaby. Honey, I'm coming home.